Brooklyn's Radio Surrey News Review for Friday the 24th of September. I'm Graham Laycock, taking a look at this week's local news stories in Surrey from the Surrey Advertiser and Surrey Live. First this week's Surrey headlines. Coronavirus infection rates up 8% in Surrey. A court injunction for M25 protesters and 200 new school places for special educational needs. Coronavirus infection rates have increased by 8% in Surrey. That's according to figures from Public Health England for the seven days ending the 7th September. The infection rate per 100,000 population in Surrey is now 246.9, an increase of 8%. Now let's look at the figures borough by borough, starting with the highest infection rate going to the lowest. Rygate and Banstead 308.2, up 26%. Elmbridge 305.4, up 23%. Epsom and Yule 293.8, up 27%. Surrey Heath 266.8 up 8%, Guildford 260.7 an increase of 8%, Spelthorne 230.3 1% up, Runnymede 227 up 6%, Tandridge 218 down 13%, Woking 208 no change, Mow Valley 189.6 down 9% and Waverley 169.1% down 6%. The government has sought an injunction against an environmental group after it shut down the M25 five times in just over a week, including in Surrey. As a result, environmental activists blocking the M25 faced possible imprisonment after National Highways was granted the injunction against the protesters, Transport Secretary Grant Shapp said on Wednesday. Surrey Police on Tuesday arrested 38 activists from groups who targeted Junction 9 and 10 of Britain's busiest motorway at 7.57am. Mr Shapp said, Invading a motorway is reckless and puts lives at risk. I asked National Highways to seek an injunction against N25 protesters, which a judge has granted last night. Effectively, activists will face contempt of court with possible imprisonment if they flout. The action against Insulate Britain comes as Home Secretary Priti Patel and Transport Secretary Grant Shapps vowed to ensure guerrilla activists cannot keep disrupting and endangering people's lives. Footage taken at the scene in Surrey by LBC showed the protesters walking onto the motorway and sitting down on the ground in front of moving traffic. Some of them held up banners reading Insulate Britain and poured blue paint onto the road before they were dragged away by officers. Insulate Britain confirmed it led the demonstration on Tuesday, adding that new people have joined its campaign to improve home insulation, in addition to others who have been involved in similar demonstrations in Hertfordshire, Kent, Essex and Surrey over the past two weeks. It added that the recent rise in gas and electricity costs had increased the urgency for change and it would end its campaign as soon as it hears a meaningful commitment to its demands. More than 200 badly needed new school places for children with special education needs have been approved for Surrey. Surrey County Council has created 220 new specialist school places in Surrey's special schools and specialist centres to maintain primary and secondary schools and, in addition, 70 temporary places. Previously, it's reported that demand for specialist places is soaring, 
with 10,941 children, that's 6.38% of Surrey's pupils aged 4 to 16, having an educational health and care plan outlining their additional needs at the end of last year, a 49% increase in just four years. Denise Turner-Stewart, Cabinet Member for Education and Learning, said this increase in specialist school places in Surrey is crucial in ensuring all children and young people have access to high-quality local specialist provision. She said, I'm delighted that children and young people are getting support which will enable them to receive the education they deserve and we're making continued progress with our aim to create 1,500 new specialist places by 2030 and we'll see approximately 300 more of these places becoming available in the next academic year. The 290 specialist places have been delivered in line with approved projects in Surrey's Special Education Needs and Disability called SEND Capital Programme. The programme is funded through a combined capital investment of £79.6 which will create 1,500 new specialist school places within Surrey's maintained specialist estate by 2030. The delivery of the SEND Capital Programme is part of Surrey County Council's SEND Transformation Programme, which is focused on delivering improved outcomes for children and young people with SEND by working collaboratively across education, health agencies and social care. Now, if you're worried about a child not reaching their learning or development milestones, there's a single point of access helpline. The learner's single point of access is open from 8am to 5pm Monday to Friday all year on 0300 200 1015. That's 0300 200 1015. And the site gives a direct access to information and advice from multidisciplinary teams of professionals from education, health and social care. Guildford is hoping to gain UK city status for the third time in trying. As part of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations in 2022, there's a civic honours competition allowing local authorities to apply for city status. An application has been made twice before in 2000 and 2002 in a bid for Guildford to be recognised as a city. The leader of Guildford Borough Council, Councillor Joss Bigmore, will seek approval for the submission from the Executive Councillors on the 26th of October. In a statement, Councillor Bigmore said, Guildford is the county town of Surrey and is a centre of heritage, culture and sport. We have a world-class university and excellent schools. Our vibrant local economy is home to many businesses at the forefront of cutting-edge technologies and is a significant contributor to the UK economy. I think our distinct historic and cultural identity, rich history and modern outward-looking focus would make our borough an excellent candidate for city status. A key part of the submission is that the Council are able to demonstrate support from all sections of the community. They are therefore asking people to send letter endorsing a bid highlighting what they feel makes Guildford so special and deserving of city status. And a massive crane lifted a brand new Walnut Bridge place into Guildford on Tuesday. The old bridge will remain open until the 24th of October before being removed and the new bridge is expected to open to the public on the 4th of November. Now the bridge weighs 50 tonnes and the crane weighed 750 tonnes. Sebastian Springer is the principal consultant for Arcadus Consulting Limited and said bringing them both into Guildford was a mission. Uh, a better, safer and fully accessible route is going to be created with the new bridge that will connect Walnut Tree Close with the new Bedford Plaza. 
The towpath will be fully reopened on November the 18th and Bedford Plaza near the Odeon Cinema is expected to be completed by the spring of 2022. Now the old bridge me- measured 1.9 metres wide while the new one is 6 metres wide and it's 27.9 metres in length. A council has cited the threat from Covid as a reason for termination of a car boot sale which is held in the open air. Rygate and Banstead Borough Council said it was having to make continuous judgments about the viability of large gatherings and events, resulting in some difficult decisions. But Peter van Steker, who ran the Hawley Car Boot Sale, or Booty as he calls it, for 21 years, says the authorities' reasons for ending his tenant licence are madness. The weekly car boot sale in Central Car Park has not been held since Covid arrived, but Mr Von Staker said he was astounded when, upon checking what precautions he would need to restart, the council replied with a letter ending his licence. He questioned why and received an email from the Parking Services Department which stated, We do not wish for the car boot to start again due to the high amount of Covid cases within the borough. Now, it is the council's responsibility to ensure where possible we do not exacerbate cases, especially as we have recently had to set up a number of surge testing units around the borough. It also said the decision was due to the introduction of a new pay-on-exit system. The Sunday morning event drew people into town for the benefit of other businesses, he argued. It is a community thing, it's a social thing, and for people their only outing of the week was to come to the car boot. It is the council's land, but this doesn't make sense to anyone. They're shooting themselves and the community in the foot. He said there was no alternative site and also questioned why new parking payment system could not be overridden when the event was on, especially given parking is free on a Sunday. In response, Lucy Mould, Director of Places of Services at uh, the council, said it would be introduced later this year, but didn't explain why it was incompatible with the car boot sale. Pay on exit parking has been requested by local traders and provides a more convenient payment method for people visiting to the town centre, she said. The council also continues to have to adapt and be flexible in response to fluctuations in the borough's COVID-19 infection rate. Any event happening on council-owned land has to demonstrate they've taken measures to be COVID-safe. This means we have to make continuous judgments about the viability of large gatherings and events. A newborn baby died in a Surrey prison after an 18-year-old gave birth alone in her cell, according to a watchdog which found a string of failings in her care. Prisons and probation ombudsman Sue McAllister said the mother, known as Miss A, should have never been allowed to give birth without medical assistance at H.M. Bronzefield in Ashford. Ambulance crews were called to the scene in September 2019, but the child did not survive. Police launched an investigation and treated the death as unexplained. The PPO conducted the overarching probe as no less than 10 separate investigations were launched into the incident. A pathologist was unable to determine whether the baby was born alive or was stillborn. And no inquest has so far taken place according to the watchdog's report that was published on Wednesday. The findings highlight a catalogue of troubling weaknesses in the way the prison and healthcare services handled the mother's care and makes a series of recommendations for improvements in handling pregnant visitors. Miss A had a traumatic childhood and was in prison for the first time facing a charge of robbery. The findings said she was regarded as vulnerable, sad, angry and very scared that her baby would be taken away from her. 
She engaged minimally or not at all with the midwifery team at Ashford and St Peter's Hospital Trust and all antenatal care, including refusing attending appointments for scans. According to the report, staff at Bronzefield appeared to regard her as difficult and having a troubled, bad attitude, rather than as a vulnerable 18-year-old frightened that her baby would taken away. Miss McAllister said Ms A gave birth alone in her cell overnight without medical assistance and that should never have happened. All pregnancies in prison should be treated as high risk because women are locked behind a door for a significant amount of time, she said, adding that there was likely to be a higher percentage of avoidant mothers who were fearful of engaging with maternity care. Prisoners do not have direct access to midwives compared to pregnant women who are not in custody. Uh, the report found maternity services at Bronzefield were outdated and inadequate with limited visits from health professionals. And Justice Secretary Dominic Raab described the events as harrowing, unacceptable and should never happen to any woman or child, adding we have put in place important improvements to the care received by women in custody and across government we must make sure that expectant mothers in prison get the same support as they would in the community. The Ministry of Justice stressed it was exceptionally rare for women to give birth in prison. Now, Since the death, women have been given phone access to advice services, offered social services support and welfare checks are being carried out for pregnant women in their third trimester, the department said. The NHS has since taken over the health care budget for maternity services at the prison, increased its budget in this area by 87%, put an ultrasound scanner inside the jail as part of a range of improvements, a spokeswoman said. And prison director Vicky Robinson said uh, she was deeply sorry the incident occurred and was absolutely dedicated to working with all other bodies involved to address the recommendations and ensure the actions that needed to be taken have been taken. A man has been prohibited from laying on public highways and banned from visiting Surrey hospitals, except for in some medical circumstances, following a string of antisocial behaviour incidents. Reginald Brenton, 53, of no fixed address, was issued with a criminal behaviour order at Staines Magistrate Court on Friday the 17th of September. On multiple occasions, Brenton attended hospital falsely claiming to be unwell and became disruptive when asked to leave. Surrey Police said that Brenton had also been arrested for public nuisance offences, including repeatedly blocking roads by laying in the middle of them. He is now banned from attending any hospital in Surrey except for in specific medical circumstances, and he is also prohibited from laying on any public highway that may obstruct moving vehicles. Brenton is currently in prison for breaching the conditions of his interim CBO, which was granted in August. Upon his release, the CBO will remain in place until September 2023. Working PC Cat Gate said Brenton's actions have placed a huge demand on both police and ambulance services who frequently have been called to deal with Brenton obstructing local roads, costing the force around £28,000. We are here to help people, but we will not tolerate individuals causing harm or distress in our communities and are taking our officers away from proactively dealing with other activities such as burglary and domestic violence. By securing this criminal behaviour order, we have taken steps to allow us to deal with Brenton straight away, should his destructive behaviour continue. And Camley Town Centre is undergoing regeneration, including its leisure centre, shopping centre and high street improvements. 
Included in the developments is the completed Places Leisure Camberley Centre that's now open. The Square Shopping Centre is due to have a second phase of refurbishment next year after the first phase was completed in 2019. The High Street, Prince's Way and Knoll Walk improvements are complete. These include new trees, plants, lighting, street furniture and will also feature pieces of art made by the public. And the improvements also being made include pavements from high quality materials that match surrounding architecture, new improved road services, street lighting, new modern street furniture, trees being planted along the high street in Knoll Walk as well as evergreens, grasses and bulbs and public art installations celebrating Camberley's heritage installed. Ashwood House Apartments are nearly complete, which is Illumina Development by Barclay Homes. It was previously a redundant office building that was purchased to create 116 apartments. The London Road development is still in the early stages. As well as this, Surrey County Council is conducting A30 and Camley Town Centre Road and Bus Link improvements. A person was seen with a large knife in a Surrey village during an alleged crime spree that took place over five days. An arrest was made on Wednesday after the reported theft of a motorbike from High Road in Byfleet around 4pm on Wednesday 11th of August. The suspect, a 16-year-old boy from West Byfleet, was arrested on suspicion of taking the motorbike without the owner's consent and has been accused of a string of other crimes in the village. The teenager currently in police custody was arrested on suspicion of theft, assault and possession of a bladed article in a public place. This is in relation to the theft of a bike on Sunday the 12th of September, a person being seen in the street with a large knife on Tuesday the 14th of September and an assault on Wednesday the 15th of September. Wokings Borough Commander Dave Bentley said we would like to reassure the public we're doing everything we can to investigate these reports and this arrest shows that we're making progress. Our investigation into the reports remain ongoing. I would like to ask that if the public of any relevant dash cam or video footage that they contact us. So if you've got any information that could assist Surrey Police, please contact them either via the web chat, online or calling 101. If you don't wish to leave your name, call Independent Charity Crime Stoppers anonymously on 0800 555 And Royal Surrey Hospital wants to build a new cancer centre and is looking for public financial support to fund the unit, which could open in the spring of 2023. The trust run in the Guildford Hospital has set aside 25 million of its own money, but needs a further 5 million before it can submit plans to the Department for Health in March next year. They plan to first hit their target of getting 1 million in donations. Despite carrying out nearly 20,000 operations a year, they insist more space and extra surgical robots up with up this a few thousand. Surrey, uh, Royal Surrey Chief Executive Louise Stead explained that many of their operating theatres were built in the 1970s, so they want to upgrade what their existing centre provides while adding an extension. She added the use of robotic techniques makes patients stay much shorter as the incision and puncture holes are far smaller compared to traditional methods. The majority we are funding thanks to our prudent financial management over the past years, but central government does not fund this sort of build. There is lots of money going towards new hospital builds all over the UK, but our project would not qualify for that. This new build will be added on the back of the hospital on the same footprint rather than another massive building elsewhere on the trust site, which we know would be of concern to green campaigners, 
Student surgeons will get training here too. A planning application is necessary, but when we built our isolation ward during the pandemic, Guildford Borough Council were incredibly supportive, and we hope that this will be the same case this time. Guildford Hospital is a regional centre for cancer care, looking after those from neighbouring counties also, so the new centre would benefit people from a wide radius. And that completes our look at the stories in Surrey this week. This has been Brooklyn's Radio Surrey News Review with Graham Laycock and you can hear the Surrey News Review every Friday at 1pm and 7pm on Brooklyn's Radio and you can keep up to date with the Surrey Advertiser and at Surrey Live. Brooklyn's Radio